terror, greed, indifference. What is going on? It would appear that the world is coming apart all around us. That the cross members and joists of rationality are falling down as the ship twists and buckles under the strain of total mania due to the insanity of its crew. Oh yes, as usual the passengers will pay, regardless of rank and or station, especially those caught in the swirling, twirling mechanism of progress. What was that explosion? Was it from a torpedo? Was it from a mine? Who's to blame? Perhaps it is due to the selfishness of the times. Does anyone truly care about anyone else, anything for that matter, anymore? Or have we become a population of indifference? Not unlike those zombie movies that seem so popular with the masses. Just walking along until happening upon someone who is alive to apply a little selfish intent. A little ruination to a positive day. Has being selfish become the norm in this country for which we call the United States of America? Good evening. My name is R.E. Chapman, and I would like to welcome you to my fifth podcast of which I will be addressing certain concerns that are having a definite impact on our very perceptions of good honest living. The very world we are living in is experiencing a major sociological upheaval of epic proportions that is devastating the very structure we depend upon for a civilized existence. Yes, these are highly disturbing times for us citizens of this gathering for which we call the United States of America. But who are we exactly? Do we even know the answer to that question? Let's be honest with ourselves. Regardless of our political affiliation, level of patriotism, or our ethical stance, we are a total mess. No organization, no agenda, no ideas, no direction, just mania. What are we in regards to a nation? How do we view ourselves? A democratic nation? A secularistic nation? A first world nation? A militaristic nation? A religious nation? A Christian nation? A wealthy nation? A poor nation? Are we even a nation? Perhaps we're a third world nation that thinks it's a first world nation. One thing is for sure, and that is we are a nation of slaves. Oh, don't let the money fool you. It is a tool to keep the people suppressed and divided. Always has been. Even in crisis, money is always a concern in regards to not necessarily healing the wound, but rebuilding and moving on. Look at ourselves. Let us take a really good look at ourselves. Do we help or hinder our neighbor to get ahead? Do we tell a lie to get ahead? What makes us so incredibly selfish? One word comes to mind before all others. Fear. Now I could easily go into a lecture in regards to fear, however. The understanding of fear is a crossroads of many problems and so I shall, yes, hold that lecture for another day. There is another F word that comes to mind that is deemed inappropriate in our modern culture, a word that would have a direct impact on who we are, but is apparently so bad that we have banned not its use, but simply an understanding of how to put it into practice. Faith, again, a topic for a future lecture. In the meantime, look at us as a nation. 
What have we turned into? What kind of a monster are we? Oh, and please do not try to make excuses or rationalize it. There is a certain national demographic that cannot stand when others get ahead, and we choose to ignore it because our eyes, though wide open, are closed tightly to truth. Do not worry. Truth will not be a lecture because it is meant to encompass everything. Truth of what we see, truth of what we hear and do. Look at what happens when truth is retarded. It takes the three H's, hope, happiness, and humanity with it. When someone tells a lie that totally destroys your being, sure, you may go out to seek happiness, but the happiness you find is devoid of truth. The Bible is a book of truth, and yet people will not perhaps always retard its truth, but simply manipulate its words. How about our courtrooms? Those hallowed halls of justice were meant to be a form for getting at the truth, but in this modern age of the 21st, they seem more in relationship to labyrinths of manipulation. Besides the halls of learning, courtrooms are the perfect soil for selfish desires to manifest themselves into existence, and yes, it will be a subject for another time, but for now, let us just say that perjury or more realistically, convincing oneself into a belief that what is contrary to reality is more beneficial than the facts of reality. Why is that? We prefer the lie because the truth can sometimes be impossible to handle. Selfishness is unnecessary attention, unwanted attention, a desire for attention. Selfishness is a disease that is beyond description that is extremely contagious and for some nearly impossible to cure. Selfishness is a shot in the foot or an arrow through the heart. All whom become infected want their pie and eat it too. And for the extreme cases, the world is never enough. The extreme showcase home that is loaded with priceless artifacts, the largest do-all yacht that engages in the battles of the most prestigious between Florida and Dubai, the elaborate airliner that would fit into Bel Air or the Hamptons if given an address. Selfishness is the bubble trying to remain atop the other bubbles that are resting on the top of those trying to keep their heads above water. It is a means to an end with no true direction in life. How about road selfishness? All of you know exactly what that is. One of many examples is the line of traffic and the person further up the road who wants to demonstrate a little road courtesy or is simply not paying attention. No shortage of them. In any event, what happens to the courtesy of those who want their end of the traffic backup to get going? In second thought, perhaps a more appreciable term would be road rudeness to counter the idea of road rage. Then again, that would have been a better fit in my previous lecture. Very well. Selfishness kills the team. What do we think of in regards to a team? Military, workforce, sports, yes. Those are some very basic ideas that we apply to our understanding of team. But what about the other kinds of teams? Do you live in a municipality with professional athletics across the board, NFL, MLB, NFL, and NHL? How about MLS, or perhaps even a NLL? States, 
such as my own Colorado, have sports covered. But what about the arts? Does your city have a symphony orchestra, a ballet and or theater company? Are you a parent whom engages your child in the arts as passionately as you do sports? Just as a side note, a city can have every professional team, but without the arts, especially a symphony orchestra, then it falls short. A community without the arts equates to a place without substance. Support your arts as passionately as you do your professional teams. That way you can say, my city has it all. There's nothing wrong with boasting, but just remember that selfishness kills the overall notion of what it means to be a team. So we broaden that idea of team to include the social team. Think of the Old Testament or Torah in regards to the beginnings of a team. That great patriarch Abraham, whom would be the foundation of a team, Genesis chapter 21, the book, Holy Bible, a team of culture, tradition, and identity that would eventually form into 12 tribes through Isaac and eventually Jacob that would endure through misery and hardship to form another team further down the timeline that we know as Christianity. Examine Exodus when the Jewish people complained, chapter 15, 16, 17, the book, Holy Bible, the idea of team waivers, but does not break. The period after the death of Solomon and the unification of twelve breaks, but not the individual teams. Even after a series of deportations, the idea of team survives in fractured exile. Then after years of hardship and persecution comes back together. How is this accomplished? Teamwork and Teamwork does not work with selfish desires, personal needs, personal pleasure, but of blood, sweat, and sacrifice. We are such a selfish people in the United States of America, ignoring one another on a daily basis unless a disaster strikes, and yet, do we not live in a constant state of disaster? Closely examine our psychological state of being, do we even say hello to one another when passing on the street? We have basic words to function on a daily basis, and yet we do not apply those words to help us better connect with one another. You see, we are connected at some level. But for some inexplicable reason, the greater the population density, the greater our disconnection. The smallest of details can alter our very perceptions of how to interact. Consider that even nuclear families have the potential to divide and do so accordingly. Verification of that can be found in pre-1914 monarchy Europe. The interesting thing is that at some point, those whom divide will eventually find a connection with someone of distant relation. In the meantime, we continue to program selfish intent into our children. This is conducted by means of minimal to no parental interaction. What was the world like? when a mother was present in the home. Now we are not talking about a woman, but a hard-hitting, put her foot down, mother. Let us examine the number one target of selfishness in the United States. Our children are nothing to us. We say we love them, but in all reality, they are an inconvenience. That is because we fail to mature them. Without child, what is adult? When the understanding of adult is lost, then how do we identify what is child? 
take a moment to open your eyes. The root of selfishness exists in our children. They engage in sexual pleasure, know nothing of moral law or civil obedience. Child rebelliousness is through the roof. They are not learning in the home or in school. They are feral and our selfishness blinds us to that reality. The 2004 Summer Olympics is a perfect example of the selfishness virus at work, especially when compared to the original Dream Team of 1992. Summer Olympics, about those who get lots of support and then refuse to participate. What do they think of? Do they consider all of the people whom jockeyed for a spot on the Olympics team but were passed over? How about all of the money from endorsements? It's not always the best athlete whom wins a spot. For those of you whom saw the movie Moneyball 2011, it is enlightening to discover that MLB actually considered a player's looks and even their form when determining team eligibility. Could that be true for the Olympics as well? Politics plays an even greater role, not to mention a lot of under-the-table dealing. In the end, money is the name of the game. What does money do to the idea of team? It is the very thing that destroys the very nature of a team. Kills true esprit de corps, honest motivation. It kills focused thought. It kills the idea of sacrifice. Do you have a colleague who makes more money but is more spectator than participant? We have all seen people whom are hyped up as being the greatest at doing something and then falling short of expectations. Let's talk about selfish behaviors such as the Black Friday raids on department stores of the past. How many of you remember the Air Jordan mania? How about the certain someone who has to be the center of attention at a party? The narcissist who is never wrong? How about the government of the United States of America? Selfishness permeates all levels. No one truly cares, and yet, it is a body whose key responsibility is to the welfare of a people whom they do not know. Luke chapter 10 verse 25, the book, Holy Bible. Interesting how the understanding of government bureaucracy plays so closely with Christian values, but chooses to embrace the idea of secularism in order to avoid being the good Samaritan. When you look at recent history, state plays on the notion of doing in the best interest of the people, implementing restrictions on your freedoms based on fear of the unknown. As a man, I can only overcome my fears by challenging the unknown. We call that courage, and it is what makes me a man, however. When you have those whom restrict your desire for danger, then what are you left with? St stagnant lifestyle of being in constant fear of the world regarding Eve, chapter 2, page 99, the book, I am not a PhD. Risk is what life is all about. In competitive sports, it is the risk of injury, not the risk of losing that makes it interesting. Going out into a diseased-filled world and remaining healthy is a feel-good. Entering the wilderness, where danger can be everything and anything, is also a feel-good. We thrive off the practice of risk because it falls under the guidelines of being a trailblazer. You cannot overcome the unknown 
if you are restricted by paranoid people whom are afraid of every little thing that is out there. How about military pride? The biggest army, nuclear capability, superior weapons tech. That way a democracy need not negotiate in regards to settling disputes. It is the whole basis of what a democracy is all about. Think back to the Cold War. Millions died due to a lack of being uncompromising. A U.S. president was murdered. A Soviet premier was deposed and those whose livelihood involved war production thrived. Those whose livelihood involves combat and war manufacturing despise peace to its utmost and usually like to sit far from the danger while sending others into harm's way, usually for the benefit of profit. Yes, compromise is of a major importance in regards to a democracy, and yet, how about the selfish heart whom find it so easy to disregard any form of compromise to another? People whom will share their body with one party, but then bar the use of their body by another in a more crucial sense, my body, my right, and yet, cafeteria their body to those whom they deem as a worthy benefactor. Yes, getting heavy, extremely heavy, but that is the whole point of democracy, to challenge the wilderness to see what is tameable and what is too dangerous. Selfishness can bar the challenge and apparently is what some people want. The question, where does selfishness come from? What is its source? Some of you will more than likely disagree with what I say. Some of you are going to outright hate what I say, and yet, some of you may agree. Selfishness is a natural part of human design to ensure human survival. If it goes unchecked, then chaos ensues. It is a child, a very immature child, that has been allowed to propagate into an adult without the tools to work fairly in an adult world. What is being an adult? People seem to be ignorant of that question, especially those with accredited degrees in a certain scientific field. How about someone who is not a PhD to ask a different question? What is immaturity? The person who has a million dollars and tries to buy the world. The person who is worth a billion dollars and donates a million to feel good about themselves. People whom think just about themselves when they get a paycheck, clothing choices, and their impact on others. Seeking a fight for violence sake. Cheating instead of praising and befriending a better person in a particular field or on the field. Moving about, bumping into others without conveying courtesy using harsh language in a public setting without concern of who may be listening and how it may impact them, especially our children. I could go on and on, but I think you get the gist. Affluenza is a powerful new word to clearly identify the reinforcement of social selfishness. Child maturation demonstrates the very act of selfishness at work in a real-time setting the little parasite in the woman just takes and takes and takes to the point of sometimes even taking the life of the host. A woman, however, is unique in her being. 
once she comes to understand that she is no longer a woman but a mother, then sheer willpower changes the outcome. However, the selfish propagates after giving birth. The child cries and cries and cries. All through the night, all day long, the child wants attention. Attention getters are the most selfish. Pay attention to me because nothing else matters. Give me, give me, give me. They are a total nuisance that can drive a woman practically out of her mind. So what is it that keeps mother in play? The challenge of the unknown. Entering unfamiliar territory, undiscovered country, for every child is different, unique in their own way. To discover that child's sweet spot, so that as they grow into adolescence, a woman can shut off the selfishness like a snakeskin. The child can learn to work with others and be a part of the team to make the system work for all instead of themselves. Only a devoted mother trailblazer can do this, and the first sign of success comes in the form of when the toddler laughs for the first time. There is nothing more pleasurable in life than a laughing baby. As if they are happy that they will get a chance to do good in the world. I call that happy laughter, by the way. It is what we need to drive away social sadism hot-tempered violence to give a sense that life will go on in the human narrative we will not achieve that by ignoring our children killing our children look at the modern woman of the united states is she a team player perhaps perhaps not she is all about herself no point in denying it however let us examine the antiquated idea of domesticated home living of days gone by lay around with nothing to do watching soap operas while embracing a bottle of alcohol always broke in fact house poor cooking and cleaning are the skills of the trade then when it is gift giving time tools of the trade are given never go anywhere never have fun and always stepped on by everyone living under the roof worst case scenario spousal abuse this is the very basics of what is taught to us in this modern age now let us make a more comprehensive examination of the past and instead of looking at woman let us see a mother mother prepared her family for the day because prim and proper was the order of business not just sunday but every day let us do a side-by-side -side comparison shall we what were the schools like in the past what are they like today how are students attired, especially the girls? Curriculum type, balance of curriculum, student motivation, student mental aptitude, temperament. Educational longevity, student mortality. You always knew a well-put-together Catholic woman based on how well her family dressed. And you know I say Catholic women, but all women actually prepared their family for the day. The boys wore a nice shirt and tie and trousers and the girls wore dresses not trousers and heaven forbid tight-fitting jeans and spandex dad looked like a professional even when he went into the filthy foundry what happened a woman found joy in giving there was something about giving of herself that gave her a sense of purpose 
No matter what you give, you help, you mother. Now, giving of yourself does not mean engaging in sexual practices, especially in cases where the guy is going through a rough and tumble moment in his life, and yet you must know how to say no to him without actually saying no. No is a harsh word, an insensitive word, a bad word that is actually used out of proper context more often than not. The movie Battle for the Planet of the Apes 1973, the word no was forbidden to use because the humans constantly used the word when training the apes in the previous movie, Conquest of the Planet of the Apes 1972. An even better example is the movie Negotiator, of which Danny Roman, played by Samuel L. Jackson, informs Farley, played by Stephen Lee, that you never say no to a hostage taker, saying no can really tick a person off, especially those going through adolescence and, of course, teenagers, specifically boys. They like to throw tantrums when they do not get what they want, especially in cases of sexual intercourse, specifically the premarital kind. So as you can see, for a female, it takes a lot of energy, brain matter, and ingenuity to be a mother. Now ask yourself the golden question, if you have a career outside of the home, how can you be the attentive, caring mother? How do you know that your children will behave? How do you know your husband will behave? How do you know the community will behave? You are pursuing a career outside of the home, so daughters dress like streetwalkers and sons look like they are one step from poverty in the street, however, the family dog is ready for a major kennel show. Priorities, 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 all of it due to the feminist movement. Now, if you doubt me, then ask yourself the next golden question. Why do we feel as though we are working ourselves back to 19th century lifestyles, slums, bums, and burly tums? These are the challenges we face in our time. That's all for now. Until next time, blessings to you. This is R.E. Chapman. Au revoir. And peace.